you call yourself a maker? You smell like failure and corn chips. Drop and give me 45 minutes. This is not your grandparents' tinker toys. It's the Creators Collective. Listen up and don't give me that face. Right, Herbert Holtz and Walker are about to demonstrate the proper way to create. And if you got questions, you had better be in the live chat. Otherwise, I am going to plant my boots so far up your hiney that your mother is going to be crying. Now listen up, jelly pasty cow pies. Yes, I know the audio is really bad. I'm sorry about that. We've had another issue with it, but uh, we'll try and get it fixed in the future. So let's get on with the show. And we're back for another episode of Creators Collective. I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has been watching. The uh, live chat has been a lot of fun uh, recently, having a good amount of people in there. And uh, we are ready for another uh, week on this. So you guys have anything particular you want to say? Uh, Happy oh, New Year. Yeah, what are you eating? Oh, I'm eating breakfast. <laughs> um, I wake up at like usually almost every day. I wake up a, just a little bit before seven o'clock. And uh, today, for some reason, I woke up at nine twenty. I have no idea, no clue. <laughs> so it's late breakfast for me. Dude, you need kids. They're the best alarm clock ever. I I think I'm good. Thank you, though. <laughs> I have dogs. I like dogs. You like dogs. I like dogs. I like turtles. Uh, so, um, what you've been working on? Uh, Zach's chewing, so I'll take this one. Um, <laughs> uh, so I have been working. Yesterday, I was in the shop with a friend, um, m- making a timber smith style timber frame uh, oak mantelpiece. Um, it's big four by eight timbers, uh, drawboard, mortise, and tenons. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was pretty cool. But I kind of tweaked my back throwing around those timbers, so. That's no fun. Uh, uh, Zach tweaked his um, shoulder back, and I tweaked my shoulder. Yeah, I I have something going on, like, right under my shoulder blade. I can't remember if I talked about it last week or not, or last time we got together. But uh, I'm convinced that, like, auto body work without a lift is the hardest thing you can do in your body. Because I spent, like, a week under my truck, on my back, holding my neck up, like, isometrically pushing this chunk of steel against the panel and hammering the other side and uh i just messed something probably a week and a half it's like either a pinched nerve or a pulled muscle or both and it's just not getting better Mm. anyway back to you will (laughs) yeah yeah sure uh i went and looked at one of those vanity jobs that i've been talking about um and got the material for that it's going to be an interesting build it's going to be very George Nakashima inspired. Uh, it's all live edge and the pieces are less than desirable, like huge checks and like crazy ant damage and like five gallons of epoxy. Uh, but they, but it came down off of his property in a hurricane. And so he's got sentimental value to it and I'm going to have to make it work. But uh, I think there's actually less wood than more wood. <laughs> There's a lot of air in these pieces. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. What'd you build it out of? Epoxy. Oh, and a little bit of cherry. <laughs> and it fracks it. Yeah. Yeah. So, how about you, Zach? Um, well, I have been putting a lot of time in on my truck, which I'm really excited about. Um, welded on a, I had to grind off the, the tail light panel and, uh, weld a new one on there. I'm still not exactly sure how I'm going to make that seam look good, but I'll figure something out. This is the perfect example of taking the first step without having a plan or like, or like a, a, a 100% thought out plan because 
the way it is, like from the factory, there's pinch welds that hold these two panels together that are absolutely impossible to get to. You cannot get to them. So I had to cut off the old one, drill out this one. And now the issue is, is trying to reattach this thing uh, without having access to those, those pinch welds inside. So, um, so I put these welds on the outside of it and I'm going to try and just grind it down a little bit, use uh, body filler on it. And hopefully I can kind of replicate that seam, but I'm happy that I didn't like spend too much time trying to figure out. Cause I never, it never would have happened. Like, you know, this is like, I think people, I think best when I'm working, not when I'm, you know, thinking. <laughs> so like, you know, so I'm, I've been, ma- what's that? You have the product in your hand. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been making good progress on it. I'm getting ready to, it's funny. I always complain about the heat in Florida. And, uh, as soon as I get my truck ready to paint the box, I'm like ready. I I have all of my, my primer, my paint, everything. The panels are straight. It drops down to like 40 degrees here, (laughs) which is awesome. I love like the weather is in any other situation. It would be absolutely perfect. I love working in this. I have a lot of forging stuff that I have to do in the next couple of weeks. It's perfect for that, but I can't paint a truck in 40 degree weather. So, so that's going to have to kind of, uh, you know, be on hiatus here for a couple of weeks until it warms back up. But uh, yeah, working on the truck. Um, I have, like I said, I have some, a couple of years ago, I think it was a year and a half ago or so I did a, uh, a some blacksmith roses right before Valentine's day. And it was one of my early videos and it got like no views and it still has no views. So I'm going to redo the, the rose video and I'm actually going to do a really cool vase. That's really unique. That's, going to be way more work than the roses but um that's probably going to be my next project that i have coming up so that's, that's kind of what i've been up to like one how about you james well i've been working on a side table and i have this feeling this is going to become the new dresser because <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm kind of taking my time with it and uh in in the past i have tried doing longer format detailed videos where i really break down all the steps and talk about how i lay out marking and how i'm thinking about things and they haven't really done well Uh, a lot of people have kind of poo-pooed them because they were longer Um, but it's a format that i really like i like doing um, a really high detail like you would get in um, you know the videos for a guild project or something of that nature where they, they go into high detail on every little intricate step. And I like that idea. Um, so in this, I'm actually breaking it down into extreme steps. It's going to be like a 13-part series, um, covering every single joint, every single cut, uh, making this, this whole thing and how I'm actually thinking it through. And so far, it's pretty good. Um, the response in the, the first two videos were phenomenal. Uh, and I have one more coming out today. So it'll be my same schedule of three videos a week. Um, but it will basically just be this side table for the month of January. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's come along. See, okay. that's interesting. I feel like you, you have to do some of those projects like that are just for you in the format that you want to do them. Um, mm-hmm. like for me, I just to get content out, it was like, I did, uh, that Carver's mallet out of persimmon, you know, that was a 30 minute project, 45 minute project. Um, but you know, just putting a video out and I've got really good response for that. But then I've also got kind of a crazy build coming up that I think it's going to be probably maybe a 14 or 15 minute video. Um, 
and those usually get pretty good views, but then you get people poo-pooing on it for, you know, being too long. And I don't watch YouTube for long form content and, you know, I don't have time to do that and blah, blah, blah. But, um, like for me personally, multi-part videos, they aren't really my jam. Like I don't have to come back and listen to, you know, 13 parts, but, but you do you, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, James has his audiences, I mean, he he's probably has like the one of the most loyal followings on YouTube. I think like he's people that watch James. He, it's just it's kind of a different like subset of people. I feel like like his his builds are very informational, involved, and I think he just has kind of a different demographic that responds to things differently. Yeah. I think this is where the cool pe- cool people are at. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think. James is the resident expert at at certain things where, you know, I'm just kind of over here making mistakes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, there, yeah. I, I, I like the idea um, because a lot of my channel is, is focused on trying to make things uh, free content. In other words, I, you know, I don't have any sponsors for my channel. Um, and so it's... Uh, I, I kind of like the idea of, of playing around with doing something that you would normally find in, you know, an online video school and providing the content free and say, hey, if you like this, you know, there's a Patreon instead of, you know, here's the price for it. Um, so I'm kind of playing around with that format. We'll we'll, we'll see how it comes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've got I've got kind of a big some big news. Um, huh? So this. Spring, normally I would be super busy with weddings and things like that. For some reason, spring just never really filled out, and fall is filling out fine. Um, but so coming in the new year, um, I'm basically going to be focusing on full-time making furniture videos. Um, so I'm going to be kind of half full-time, <laughs> at least until the fall. So that's exciting and scary as, you know. I don't want to curse. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do. Thanks, man. Zach, any words of wisdom? Words of wisdom? Man, I think you'd have to be wise to have those. <laughs> Having your <laughs> what you call your best year ever um, and being full-time, uh, is it just do work? <laughs> That's a lot of it, you know? I, I think, at least for me, I mean, it, it's hard to say because I think a lot of stuff is... A lot of it's subjective. <laughs> so, like, um, I, I think for me, I've found my niche. I mean, um, I, I think doing the, the last, kind of the last two or three months of the year, I kind of had to step back and take a look at where I'm at and where I'm heading and make sure it's kind of just a, a self-check of like, is this, this is great. Everything's great. But I need that doesn't mean I shouldn't take a step back and look and see where I'm going and where I set out to be. And, uh, you know, it's, if, if you're sailing in the ocean, it's, it's really easy to, to just have favorable weather and get lost and have no clue where you're at and you can be really happy the whole time. So I, I thought, you know, it's kind of a good, it's a good time for me to step back and kind of refocus and, and figure out why I got into it in the first place. And it's because I like making stuff. It's that simple. And I mean, it's, it just hit me like a while ago. Um, like Bob Claggett, like I like to make stuff. That is the best name for a YouTube channel like that. He really nailed it. Like as far as, as far as like hitting your, your why in your, your channel name. I mean, it's just so perfect. And, and that's, that's why I got into it too. I just like to make stuff. 
And I don't necessarily like to make only industrial pieces. I don't like to only work with metal. I don't like to only work with wood. You know, I just, I like to make stuff. And, uh, you know, I think as, as you get more successful for me, especially it's easier to get caught up in the numbers and your success rather than why you got started. You get caught up in, in what and how, uh, and you forget about the why and, um, a lot of a lot of this has come to me through that uh, Simon Sinek book that I was talking about a while ago, um, but I've been reading a lot of marketing books and um, just kind of the philosophy of, I mean, if you can if you can kind of ex- kind of pull that out of the the um, specific analogy and apply it more towards life, there's a lot of really good um, analogies and stuff that you can pull out of it. And yeah, it's just it's like I said, it's really easy to get caught up in the numbers and okay, I want to hit this many views and this many subscribers and I need to make this, you know, and, and, and it becomes accounting more than it becomes yeah. me in the shop building stuff, listening to music and being happy, which I don't want to lose sight of that because that's why I got into it in the first place. And that's the fun part. And I really think that if you're having fun and you're passionate, everything else will follow. I think when you start to get to that point to where you are willing to compromise your excitement and your enthusiasm and your passion in order to do something that you think might be more successful. I feel like that's when things start, the wheels start to fall off. And, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I just want to keep on doing the projects that I want to build, you know, and the way I want to do them and hope that people come along for the ride, I guess. So (laughs) that's my, my, um, my ad libbed words of wisdom, I suppose. They got pretty wise there with the ship in the sea. Yeah, I don't even I don't even sail. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I did talk to my wife about that last night, and because uh, we, we were redoing our, our finances for the next year, and now uh, this is the first year where wood by right, it's my the finances I get from this are now integral to the family. And she's like, "Well, okay, now you can't quit it." Nice. <laughs> you gotta feel good. I had this sudden panic of, "Oh no!" I suddenly. Uh, it's now a job, um, and so I, I, I'm looking for ways that I can make it. Uh, you know, I, I almost envy people who just do it in their basement occasionally when they want to, um, because there is a, a ton of, of joy in that. But there are still ways that I, you know, I can I can do. Like, I make videos the way I want to make them. I can I can do things the way I want to do them, and as long as I can get those voices out of my head as the comments. Um, you know, I can, I can still have it the way I want to do it. And uh, yeah. I think that's important to make sure that it's still what you want, even though it's bringing in money. Yeah. I just, I don't ever want to forget how miserable I was before I started yeah. doing this. Like I was, I was no fun. Like I wouldn't hang out with me before I started doing this for a living. <laughs> I was not a fun person. Uh, so I gotta, I guess I gotta ask. So James, you're, revenue is coming in from viewership and patreon and zach you you do commissioned work but you also have products that you sell yeah Um, what is i guess your split of monetized videos whether it be sponsored or not versus products that you're selling and if it's products that you're selling uh are the big projects bringing in more money or is it a lot of sales of the small products surprisingly Late. I mean, it changes a lot. It's 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 really it's really hard to say because um, it goes in phases. Like one month, most of my money will come from uh, sponsorships, which has been a godsend. I, I didn't initially want to get into 
sponsorships just because I really like the fact that up until very recently, like all of my income is commissioned projects. Like I make my money through my work and YouTube is just something that I do on the side. And I, I've always taken a lot of pride in that. But then I started working with some companies and what I found with the sponsorships is it really frees me up to build the things that I want to build. Um, you know, to whereas, whereas before when I'm doing a, a you know, commission piece, I have to, I have some constraints. I usually get to do a lot of the design work. You know, somebody will say, Hey, I want a couch or, a, or not a couch. I haven't done one of those yet, but chairs or whatever they want. And, and I'll say, okay, well, what, uh, I need the dimensions that you want it and kind of a theme and I'll design something that'll, you know, work within those constraints. And that's the way I've always done things and made my money. But with, uh, you know, with the sponsorship, some of that money coming in, that allows me to build things that I want to build with no constraints. Like that C-clamp uh, bench was a perfect example. I could do whatever I wanted to. So I did something kind of crazy for that. And like, that's the perfect example of stuff that when I get to design a project completely, it kind of, you know, I, I get to do some, take some more liberties than I would if I were building it for, you know, somebody's house. Um, so the sponsorships have been really good for that. Um, the small products were incredible in December, uh, like t-shirts and key fobs and handbags. I was making a lot of purses. I think I made probably $1,500, $2,000 in purses in the last half of December. <laughs> so, I mean, but, but I haven't made one since. So it's really strange. It's, I think, having uh, diversifying your incomes, it, it's everything goes in phases, you know. So, I, you know, one month it'll all be, most of my income will be sponsors. The other month it'll be a commission project. The other month it'll be, you know, some of the little things I sell on my website. It just varies. So, but having, I think having multiple um, revenue streams is, is definitely something that's beneficial. Sure. All right. Well, that kind of leads us into the uh, question we got. This is actually got a couple of weeks ago and I haven't had a chance to get to it. This is from Yonathan24. Um, do you have any tips or tricks on not getting burnt out or exhausted when producing or making making stuff for clients? Hmm. <laughs> I think uh, I, 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 for me, the, the two things that get my juices flowing are number one, trying something new, experimenting and learning. Um, you know, if, if it's something I haven't done before, um, then I, I love that. Or if it's something I have done before, I try and find a new way of doing it and, and experiment. I find that that really gets my gets my brain going and helps me out. Uh, I think the other thing is just having the flexibility to do what intrigues me. Um, you know, if if I have someone who wants something built, um, I always start the, the conversation with, "Yes, I can build it for you, but I want to build it." in the way that I want to build it. And I can yeah. make that fit what you have. But, you know, if it's, if it's not intriguing me, then it's not something I want to do. Yeah. You guys think? Yeah. I always start the conversation with, do you have a budget? <laughs> 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 and what is that budget? Uh, and maybe yes, or maybe you need to re rethink your budget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess for me, a big motivator is my family. Um, so if I'm a little light on, you know, the mortgage payment, <laughs> um, then get down to the shop and make some money. Um, but uh, also, I think Kyle Toth gave me this trick because uh, he makes a lot of his money turning 
tap handles for breweries to sell and for breweries um, to put in different bars that their beer is in. Um, so he'll take an order of 200 tap handles. And so that's pretty, pretty boring to make the same thing 200 times on a lathe. So what he does is he times himself and he tries to beat his best score, I guess. <laughs> that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. So I used to uh, work in the factory. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I think it kind of a lot of that um, not getting burned out starts at kind of the project's inception. I think that I don't do projects that I don't want to do because um, I don't want this to be a job. I mean, it is a job, but I don't want it to feel like a job. And mm -hmm. and if I'm if I'm taking projects, and, and part of it is like, I mean, because most of the projects, the way they come to me, they're not projects I want to do. Somebody will show me a picture and be like, "Can you build this IKEA table?" And I say. Yes, but I'm not going to like if you're going to pay me to build you a table, let's let's do let's do a table that nobody's ever seen before. Let's do something, or, you know, unique and original and, you know, uh, that stands out. So, I mean, that's one way is just from the beginning of the project, make it somehow find a way to make the project exciting for you. Uh, and for me, I mean, maybe it's different. I'm sure it's different for everybody. But for me, replicating projects is not fun. Like yeah. it can ne it's never going to be as good. Like if you're trying to copy, if you're trying to copy a project, it's never going to be as good as the project that you're trying to copy. Now, if you try and make it unique and put a couple, you know, take some liberties and make it a little bit original, then it can be cooler, you know, at least in your eyes or, or some people's eyes. Um, so I think from the beginning of the project, making sure that it's something that you're excited about will help. And also, I mean, that keeps the pro the process fun as far as, uh, you know, he said, not getting burned out or exhausted when producing content or videos. Um, that's another thing is if you're doing something that you feel is really cool and exciting, you're going to be excited to record it and you're going to be excited to put a video out because you think it's fun and exciting and original. Well, as long as you're like a video person, I know there's people out there who just that making a video is like the most un unappetizing thing. I, I, I I'm, I'm kind of one of those people. I mean, it's not terrible, but, the projects would be a lot more fun for me if I didn't have to record them because it kind of takes me, <laughs> it kind of takes me out of, you know, when you're in a groove and you're just moving along and you're, you know, I got like my, my radio going and I'm singing along terribly. Like I have to like pause it and then I have to drag out the camera and put it on the shot. And it kind of, so it kind of takes me out a little bit, but um, you know, if it's something that, that you're really excited to show people about or show people when you're done, that's the other thing is what, <clears throat> you know, building stuff and not having anybody to show it to is kind of anticlimactic. Like you built this really cool piece and there's nobody to appreciate it. Whereas, you know, if you record it, that's kind of the payoff is you'll get, you know, you'll get to show it off. So that's kind of helps, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Jeff Grum just asked a uh, follow-up in the chat. Um, if you hit creator's block, um, how do you try and jumpstart ideas and inspiration? I thought that might be a good fit to that. Who? uh, because that happened to me recently um, where I just was like, I can't think of any cool projects. I don't want to go record anything. You know, everything I do sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was really hard on myself. Um, uh, but I guess try to find someone new to watch or try to find something new to read. Um, like with this, uh, this Live Edge Vanity build, when I saw the pieces of wood, I got kind of discouraged and tried to talk to the guy into letting me just go buy some nicer slabs. Um, 
But then I thought, okay, well, you know, what is he thinking? What does he have in his head? It's George Nakashima. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, it's like, you know, honoring this tree and giving it a second life. Um, that was George Nakashima's like motto, right? That was his driving force and what he did. Um, and now Mira Nakashima is continuing that legacy, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but reading more about George Nakashima and living in a Japanese concentration camp after Pearl Harbor uh, and creating, kind of paving the way to this super popular style now, um, that got me really grooved and like, yeah, let's give this tree a second life. Like, let's make it really cool. And I started sketching and um, started playing with splayed legs and angled legs and trestles. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Finding finding someone that inspires you can kind of break that creator's did, block, I think. Did you see any of the... Um... So one of my parents' neighbors, uh, I was over there on Thanksgiving, and he has tons of Nakashima furniture in his house. Oh, wow. He's like, a collector. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he has some pieces by Mira as well. Like, it, I put a couple pictures on my Instagram. He has uh, his dinner tables and um, a rocker, and uh, Mira, Mira built a table and some other pieces in his house. And they're just... I mean, it's one thing to see pictures of them and it, it's a total different, it's a totally different experience to sit in them. They're, they're just the, the, I mean, and I can only speak of the ones that I sat in, but they're just, they're so light and refined and comfortable. It's really strange. That's pretty cool. I, I I'm, mean, I'm trying to think about organizing a trip to the Nakashima workshop. Um, cause it's only about five and a half hours for me in, in Pennsylvania. Um, but it looks like a really crappy drive like around dc around baltimore around philadelphia <laughs> cool um interesting to go that would be see the show. yeah cool well we've got another question from uh tom spillany uh does anyone use rubber floor mats and if so what kind do you like i don't think any of us do nope i don't but i've been thinking about it because of my back issues um standing on concrete for eight hours has been draining I I have used them in the past, um, and I personally don't like them. I've tried both, like the the soft ones you get at the big box store, and the harder horse um, rubber. Um, I've I've never seen a bonus from them, but um, I don't know. It's a personal thing for me. I, I have thought about them merely for you know hand tools dropping off the bench. That would be really nice. <laughs> but, uh, I think yeah. they'd be hard to clean around, like especially the ones with the holes in them. Well, the uh, the harder, like the the horse um, hardness rubber. I'm trying to remember what those are. What they're called? Uh, like, those are actually hard enough that you can put all your machines on top of them. Oh, okay. Um, and so you you cover your floor and then put them on there. I don't know if I'd want to put like you know table saw and the other ones. I think I'd want to want to cut out around them. Um, I can only like, imagine how terrible that would smell if I were welding over them. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know. Um, like uh, Shannon, um, Shannon Rogers from the Hand Tool School. He just put them in in his shop and is in love with them. Um, I know that. Uh, um, oh come on, what's his name? The Guild. Um, uh, Mark Spagnuolo. Mark Spagnuolo. Total mind blank there. He has them in his <laughs> shop. Uh, he has his just running around where he normally stands, um, which I think that would drive me crazy with sweeping up and vacuuming because I'm like a, a total clean freak when it comes to things on the floor. But Oh, don't come to my shop. 
You can't even get to the floor in my shop. <laughs> that's that's been on my agenda for like two three days is um, trying to clean my shop up because I, I got got a new like welding table. I got that new lathe, the new drill press. Um, I have a new welder. Like I just so I just have boxes and tools and things all over the place. I have no room for anything. So that's been on my goal for the past few days, but. Something else I guess I should say I've been working on is my first year of figuring out like the the tax matrix of owning your own LLC. Yes. And uh, so I kind of told myself that I would never get a Florida driver's license because I can't stand this place and we were going to be out before I needed one. But uh, I, I went to go set up a um, business checking account so that I can get a business credit card and... Uh, you have to have a driver's license here. So, oh well. The DMV that I met with, they, uh, yeah. Which the one, one of the nice things about the, I don't know, this is crazy, and maybe it was just my experience in Washington and Oregon at the DMV were always terrible. I mean, it was <laughs> they're just it's the worst place to spend time. Uh, for some weird reason, the DMVs in Florida, or at least the one that we go to, is really nice and it's really fast. They have like twenty lanes. It's crazy, but. Uh, so yeah, I got a got a license yesterday. Then met with a CPA, and um, I'm, we're just going to pay him to do everything. <laughs> so, and I think I think the it's money well spent because the uh, you know I, I've never understood. I feel like uh, taxes are like wizardry. I have no comprehension of. I mean, I, I filed my my own, but when you get into like businesses yeah. and. Everything is a number, it's and smart I, to get a good CPA. Yeah, like there's just there's so much that I have no idea. I'm sure I would have screwed it up. So, and there's a lot of um, uh, write-offs and and expenses and things that I wouldn't have ever known. So, you know, I think it's probably going to cost us like four or five hundred bucks to have my uh, LLC filed, and then my wife and I filed jointly. So. Um, but anybody who does this and is new to it, look into filing as an S corp because it'll save you some money. So that's that's my big takeaway. And then just pay somebody else to do everything. <laughs> yes. So now we have one other question um, from Jeff Gruff. Um, what uh, is there a medium that you haven't used yet that you want to use? I'm trying to think if there's anything particular that's like, yeah, I would love to do that. Gold like to do more work with gold. See, I used to do goldsmithing. That was a lot of I was, fun. I was being sarcastic. Um, <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool. Uh, copper is actually something that I've really wanted to do more work with, um, especially, you know, being as that I do a lot of, like, steel. I think the contrast between, like, black and metal and copper is awesome. So I'd like to do more I was more actually about to say the same thing. Doing some, like, copper inlays and things of that nature would be enjoyable. Especially yeah, if it's yeah. soft enough, you can you can plane it and work it like wood. It's so expensive, though. Yes. Yeah, a few years ago, I was driving along the road, and I saw a two-by-four on the road, so I, I stopped to pull it out. It was like four foot long, and it was a block of copper about two inches by about three and a half inches, four foot long of solid copper. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Did you grab it? Yes, I grabbed it. It was about $85 <laughs> that I took to the scrapyard. <laughs> I bet you wish you would have kept it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's outrageously expensive, and part of it for being here in Florida, uh, none of it's local here. They don't have it, so um, you know I wanted to order like a, four, a three by eight sheet because I guess that's what they come in as three by eight um, of 
think 20 gauge or 22 gauge or something like that. And it was like $700. Yeah. $700. Did you go to a, a and then they wanted to charge like $200 freight because apparently they can't roll it up. So it would have been like a thousand dollars. I was going to do these, uh, this stuff for a bar down here. And I'm like, Nope, it's not going to happen. Like it's, it's $900 for, to get a sheet of copper down here. That's ridiculous. Well, that's like in 2008 when the, when the, uh, you know, crisis happened, the financial crisis happened. Uh, my dad had a few spec homes built, uh, that he was building and he wired it on a Friday, wired one of them on a Friday. He came back on Monday and somebody had come in the house and ripped out all the copper, um, for, for scrap to sell for scrap. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I remember I worked for a union Pacific railroad and we have, these we had these giant spools of uh, copper, like fourteen three and stuff, that we would run the track lines and stuff with. We went in there one day, and like some dude had broken in and taken probably like ten feet of copper, but he left a set of ratcheting uh, Greenlee cutters behind, which were worth probably three times more than the copper he stole. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not the smartest bunch, always so. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, speaking of materials, I think we can get into what we're watching this week because mine kind of fits into that. Sure. I like the translation here. I, I felt very proud of that. Nice. <laughs> now, Patrick Ayer, Adder Designs, I don't remember how was his last name, um, but he makes rings. Um, and I just came across his channel and he has recently just exploded. He went from like 10,000 to several hundred thousand subscribers in a couple months. Wow. But he did a video on uh, making this ring out of uh, a, a, a superconductor, which is a, a titanium embedded in copper. Huh. And uh, absolutely incredible. But uh, a lot of his rings are, are made out of carbon fiber and glow materials and um, just out of crazy things you'd never never think of, like, you know, semiconductor wire. <laughs> and huh. Gorgeous, gorgeous rings, and he goes into detail. Most of his videos are um, are longer, uh, like the the fourteen, fifteen minute long videos. But really, really cool channel with a lot of information. So definitely, did uh, you guys did you guys see? It was a while, like like a year or so ago. Um, I think it was maybe inspired to make or I know he's European. Um, made a ring, made his own wedding ring out of a meteorite. Huh. Yeah, I've yeah. Seen that. That was wild. It was cool. It turned out really, really good. I actually made my wife's um, engagement ring and wedding band. Of course you did. Gold, not meteorite, though. <laughs> oh, um, let's see. All right, Zach, are we talking about something? Uh, yeah, I read, um, I read Old Man in the Sea last week. It's a quick little read, uh, Hemingway. Pretty, pretty good book. There's actually some. Uh, it's, it's. Kind of, I don't, I don't know if I want to say like a philosophical type book, but I guess I'll say that. It's uh, this old man in this fishing village that uh, everybody makes fun of because he's super unlucky and hasn't caught a fish in a while. And he goes out to sea and catches one that's bigger than his boat. And I don't want to ruin the rest of the story, but it's it's kind of a <laughs> kind of a good uh, abstraction about uh, or ab- abstraction of uh, kind of overcoming um, adversity and and just. I don't know. It, it's it's kind of a good. It's a good book. It's really short. You can probably read it in a day or two. So I'm trying uh, to remember when I read that. Was that? I think that was one of my college reads. 
it's it's very it's a very easy read it's not uh i mean a lot of the times you hear like these people like hemingway or dostoevsky and you're like oh i don't want to have to read with a thesaurus and it's not <laughs> it's not like that it's really quick easy read so um did you ever hear the quote from hemingway that sometimes the old uh, a book is just about an old man and the sea uh-uh. <laughs> yeah so i guess everyone was you know everybody's has talked about hemingway forever um and people were drawing out different conclusions of, you know, subtext and things like that. And there's a famous quote that yeah, he says, you know, sometimes a book is just about an old man in a sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's kind of uh, like the he's kind of like the the Ron Swanson of the literary world. <laughs> <laughs> he was like big. Ron Swanson, the uh, uh, the uh, Hemingway of woodworking. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, he is like a big kind of outdoorsman, like hunter, fisher. Yeah, dude. Well, Will, what you got? Uh, I've been watching a lot of timber framing videos. Um, I am getting back into timber framing. Um, it's been I don't know five years since the last time I timber framed. I didn't cut big mortise and big mortise and tenons and big timbers. Um, and so I had this mantle build coming up that I needed to somehow join. Uh, it was the mantle wrapped around a corner and it was just a very kind of quirky space. And so I had to figure out how to kind of pick up half the load of one of these timbers. So, um, and I'm getting ready to build a structure on my property um, that I'm probably going to timber frame. Cool. Um, yeah. So there'll be some videos in that and it'll be kind of a, a hybrid traditional or conventional construction, timber framing. Um, you know what you should do? I'm, what I've what? been wanting to do for a while is get a bunch of things ready and then like invite a bunch of YouTube channels to come out and camp on the property and do farm uh, raising. That way everyone promote it, yeah. cross promote. And kind of like and a free help. Build. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. I might have to, I might think about that. Uh, but yeah, so I think Francis Bennett, I think is his name, um, has done some timber framing joint builds. Like he'll build a scarf joint or a wedge through tenon um, and just do like sample joints. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been watching. Cool. Well, Zach, uh, oh, I, but before I go any farther, we do have a joke of the week. Uh, this is oh. from Jeff Grum, or Gruff. Why do I always say he, he is, He's really coming through with the jokes. Yeah, he has. He's got like some sort of weird um, timber joke library. But uh, what did the tr- What is the tree's least favorite month? September. September. <laughs> Tim- September. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, yep. All right. <laughs> oh, what's your favorite week? Tool of the week, Zach. What's that? What's that? What's your favorite tool of the week? My favorite tool of the week is the uh, pneumatic proto 90 degree die grinder. Just the little pneumatic die grinders are incredible. Uh, especially, I mostly use it for like the auto body work, but any sheet metal or anytime you need to get in, angle grinders are like, I mean, they're, they're, um, they're, they're big and fast. And I mean, they, sometimes they're just too cumbersome. You know, if you're doing detailed work or really trying to smooth out like a weld joint or something, uh, the little pneumatic grinders are so nice. You can just get in way tighter and, and not have to worry about taking off parent material and stuff. I use it mostly on patch panels, but, uh, 
it's just a super handy tool to have around. I used to use those at my last job all the time. Yeah, they're great. I used cool. to sharpen well, my chain on my chainsaw with the uh, with the little uh, three sixteenths inch uh, diamond bit. That, uh. that works pretty good too. I don't know if you guys have ever used those, but um, <laughs> my favorite tool of the week um, and a nice segue uh, from the timber framing is the Narex uh, mortising chisel set. Uh, I received a set for Christmas, and I just set them up yesterday, flattened the backs, and sharpened them, and got to use them in um, that mantle build. Um, it's it's nice having a big, beefy mortising chisel. You stink. What? You stink. <laughs> for getting the mortising chisels? No, that's what I was going to pick for the week. <laughs> oh, I was really confused. I've been working on the mortises on the, uh, the um, side table. <laughs> uh, there's, there's nothing like a like a good solid beefy mortising chisel. <laughs> Here we go again. First it was horse rubbers, now it's beefy <laughs> mortising chisels. Uh, uh, that's one of the things that I, I disagree completely with Paul Sellers on is uh, uh, you know you can cut mortises as a regular bench chisel. That's not a problem, and, and they they work well for that. And if you don't have the money for it, then great. Um, but if you have the money to grab a set of mortising chisels, they just make life so much easier, and they're they're so much more fun. So that's that's my thing. So yeah, I would I would pick the exact same thing. All right. <laughs> that's, See, that's the first time. What is this show? Sixty? Is that true? <laughs> yeah, this is number sixty. Out of sixty shows, this is I think the first time two people have have had the same tool of the week. That's special. Very special. <laughs> Are yours oh, Narex? I should, I should change. No, mine are uh, um, antique, but I was actually going to put the link to the Narex because that's uh, the ones I want. I've been I've been looking for an antique set for a long time, and nobody around me has any. And so yeah, mine's not actually a set; it's just ones I've picked up um, individually because uh, I usually get them at the Midwest Tool Collectors Association meets. Uh, okay. Cool. Cool. Well, you've just squandered another 45 minutes listening to the Creators Collective. <laughs> if you get that reference, I, I love you. <laughs> so that's about it for this week. Uh, if you have any uh, questions or things you'd like us to talk about, feel free to email, message oh, one of us, and we'll see know, if we can get those into you know the what we didn't do? Really quick. What didn't we do? We haven't done, we, I don't think we did like a year-end review thing yet, did we? We haven't done a year-end <laughs> review. We'll have to do that. Should we do that next show? show? We'll do that next show. That'll be a good one. Well, uh, no, next show we actually, I was just about to say, we have a uh, special guest. Um, Shannon Rogers of the Hand Tool School would be with oh, us. Oh, cool. So that should be a fun time. The Hand Tool people are going to take over this channel. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, after right. that, at some point in January, we will do like a, a recap and a look and, back uh, at the year and a look forward. Sounds like fun. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for... Uh, well, we'll see you all, guys, next week. Yeah. Till next time. See ya. Later. Adios. Thanks again for listening to The Creators Collective. We publish weekly on Thursdays in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can follow us on social media pages everywhere at Creators Collective. We're also live streaming every week on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Just look up the YouTube channel to join in on the fun of the live chat and get your questions answered live. And until next time, keep on creating.